Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. outdoor adventuring on your own terms. Our guest, Terry Eggie, camped for the first time with champagne and a television. Slowly, this nonprofit powerhouse became a connoisseur of off-grid living. We're so excited to bring you our Zoom interview with this generous and open-hearted woman. Hey, it's Lynn. And it's Jody, And we are here with the amazing Terry Eggie who is a all around helpful human being. Um, I know this because she offered to help me and just have a really wonderful chat. And within this chat, I mentioned this podcast, we do this for fun. And I was opened up to a whole new world of this woman that I had no idea about. And I never would have known about had we not discussed the podcast. So I just <laughs> thank you so much for being here. And I just want you to yes. kind of roll with it and kind of tell us your story of what you, you know, your experience with the outdoors and what you do for fun. Well, great. I'm, I'm excited to join the two of you. I really am. And uh, there's nothing that excites me more than sharing this wild trip that I took years ago with my husband when we bought a cabin in northern Wisconsin off the grid. Uh it wasn't a dream of mine. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's why I said it's a it never is. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, you know, a little bit about my background. I I've been in the field of philanthropy. I've been a grant maker, uh, community relations professional for almost 30 years, different foundations in the Twin Cities. Um, and so I really know the nonprofit community. And I know uh, corporate America, and I also know private family business. And all of that is is really ideal. I felt like I won the lottery when I got into the field uh, because who doesn't want to give away money, right? And that's right. Yeah, millions. But I also know it came with a lot of pressure Uh, and expectation and stress. And so my nine to five life looked like corporate offices, high heel shoes, Mm. the whole, you know, the whole look, you always had Mm -hmm. to have that appearance, like you had it together. And uh, so for many years, my husband being more of a camper and more of an outdoors person, he slowly introduced me to enjoying the outdoors. I mean, we met in college and even though I'm from Minnesota, I really hated winter until I got a decent pair of boots, right? You know what I mean? Oh yes, we've had these conversations, (laughs) Jerry. We're right there with you. And Mm -hmm. a decent coat, not just a little coat, a thin little coat that covered your part of your body, your legs were exposed, but you know, it was all for fashion, right? Mm -hmm. So slowly I embraced winter by not only getting the right equipment, that's number one, uh, dressing for the weather, whether it's winter, summer, whenever, uh, but just looking at the outdoors and what we have to offer because it's it's free if you wanna go cross country skiing, get yourself some skis, get Mm -hmm. some boots, 
You want to go snowshoeing? You know, all of this equipment's available and it's within reach. It's very affordable. Uh, and I started to embrace winter. And then we went camping. Uh, I was not a camper. Uh, I was brought up in a family where my mother worked for Northwest Orient at the time. Now it's called Delta. And growing up in an airline family, our trips were to exotic places. Oh, oh I'm so jealous. Yes. Well, I, uh, yeah, I, looking back, I was extremely fortunate. Uh, but I used to envy my friends when they would tell me that they went on camping trips with their parents. Mm. And Interesting. I, well, why do we have to go to Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that selfish, ungrateful. Young oh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but 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 when you do grow up with that experience, you don't really know what it means to go camping. I didn't. Uh, and so my husband really introduced me to the fun of camping. And I'll never forget, uh, I was working downtown Minneapolis. <clears throat> and he said, let's go camping tonight, this weekend. And I said, on two conditions, that I have champagne and really good cheeses. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's, that is how my husband tricked me into camping yeah. for the first time. It was all yeah. about the charcuterie board, yeah. right? Yeah. And, the- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, we, and we went to Surdix on our way out of town, and we picked up everything we needed, and we got a little place, I don't know, not far out of town where you could just drive in, put a tent up, and you were surrounded by like-minded campers. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the Boundary Waters. Sure, yeah. car camping, yep. Driving yep. camp. Now, the funny part is, as I was setting up my little champagne and charcuterie board <laughs> on the picnic table, <laughs> he was plugging in his mini TV to watch the twins. No. <laughs> and oh, we were shaving. Oh my God. And I can remember being shamed by the woman and her daughter coming back from the public shower. Like, who are these crazy people? Um, I learned to love camping. I learned, I learned to be a lot more self-sufficient. Yeah. It took a little bit of time, but I think it introduced me to the joy of really uh, embracing wilderness, uh, outside adventures, relying on myself to try something different, you know, because I had this corporate mindset and I was not going to break the mold. And yeah, I knew I had to. It's so, it's so funny you say that because I, so I, I worked downtown Minneapolis for a couple of years and I worked in the fifth street towers and, um, I'll never forget every weekend or like a, you know, it was either a Friday or a Monday and you'd hear people in the elevator banks talking about, I went up to Northern Minnesota because there's no cell service there and it's the only way to unplug. And it feels like you know, corporate America, I'm hoping at least, maybe I'm just being overly optimistic, but I'm hoping that more and more people are starting to embrace this idea of getting out into nature. Yeah. Well, it's so so sad though, that you have to go someplace where you, that you can't just put your phone down and hide it or leave it at home or whatever, that Mm -hmm. you have to actually physically go somewhere where there, where, where there is no service. I mean, that we don't have the ability to just do that ourselves. And we need that kind of excuse, like, you know, even to tell our employers, like, I'm sorry, I'll be in the boundary waters, unreachable. But if you're in Hawaii, Terry, 
<laughs> There's Wi-Fi there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, there uh, there was Wi-Fi all over Portugal when I was there. And uh, I was amazed when I was in the Arctic Circle how much I could stay in touch with people. Uh, uh, and, you know, so through all my travels, I've been fortunate to um, stay connected. And obviously with technology now, there's no reason you can't. So you have shh, to. Don't, don't have say to. that, Terry. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. No, that's not. No. There's always. <laughs> Cats out of the bag, folks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the whole thing is, uh, and this goes back to Jody's point, how do you discipline yourself? And and how how do you create a space that becomes sacred that that's yeah. yours, uh, and it and it does take time. But I found you cultivate that because you welcome it into your life. And as you embrace new things, don't do it all at once. Like I didn't just jump in and buy a, a, a cabin off the grid. I had to learn how to camp. I had to learn how to be prepared for the weather and. Enjoy 30 below degree uh, days because when you cross country ski, you don't want it to be uh, warm. You you yeah. definitely want to layer up and uh, the colder, the better, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, mm, I don't well, know about that. Well, do either, do either of you ski? Cross country. We, we both do. Yeah, actually, yeah, that okay. that is how this podcast was born. In fact, we spent the winter mm-hmm. cross country skiing at Theater Worth Park because our our oh, kids are also cross country skiers, and so we would get together in the evenings and ski. And we started talking about this idea for a podcast, and yeah. that's how it was born. Was yeah. oh, on I cross country that. skis. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I have to back up a minute. When I was in high school, actually junior high, I'm from Bloomington, went to Olsen, then Jefferson. I grew up around Highland Hills and that's where I first learned to ski downhill Hmm. and then went out to Buck Hill in high school. But I have to say that wasn't exciting enough for me because even though you had the thrill of the hill, you were constantly cold because you really Hmm. weren't exercising. You were always taking something that assists you to get up the hill, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then you do a couple runs down the hill and it's fabulous, but it also costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I abandoned all of that when I, you know, when I went off to college. So I, that's why I always go back to cross country skiing because that's the best way to get in touch with nature, especially yeah. in the winter. Yes. Yeah, agreed. agreed. And it's so quiet. So Terry, okay, we need to back up because you glossed yeah. over something. You just happened to mention, oh, by the way, the cabin off the grid. Yeah. Right. So right. what is up okay. with that? Okay. <laughs> Before so, you start though, can you tell us what an off-grid, what that means? Okay. Off-grid means no electricity, no water, no... Uh, Running water, that is. Um, Solar power, if you want. And really, you're just, you're you're isolated in wilderness. You're surrounded by wilderness, and you have to rely on your uh, few resources to, well, in some cases, survive if you go in the winter. But more importantly, it it really is just... um, 
as we were saying, you have to shut everything off. So off the grid, you've already shut it off because you never had it in the first place. Does that help? That is great. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And yes, we want to get to this off the grid cabin of mine because I do think it's interesting. I wanted to just share a little bit ahead of time so you understood the journey. Sure. Yeah, that absolutely. It wasn't just a natural it thing. It wasn't just an overnight thing. Okay. No, no. <laughs> um, and we had, my husband and I had wanted to find a cabin many, many years, but you just, uh, you know, you can live up northern Minnesota or up in northern Wisconsin, wherever, and you have neighbors everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know if either of you have a place that you get away, and that's lovely, but I just didn't want to have neighbors, and we were living in a townhome at the time, so of course we really wanted to get away from people. So we found eight acres with a brand new full log, real log cabin. Oh, cool. Wow. In the forest. Now, the Wait, first where? In, in Wisconsin or in Minnesota? In northern Wisconsin. Northern in Wisconsin. Northern Wisconsin forest, yes. Okay. And the biggest challenge was, there are many, but the biggest challenge, besides the fact that there is no electricity, no running water, it's totally off the grid, you have to hike in to get there. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. That isn't always the case with off the grid. But in our case, the beauty of this place was uh, we were on a landlocked peninsula surrounded by a lake, a river, oh, a creek, all oh, of that together. Amazing. And then Beautiful. the forest. Uh, but we had to be creative in how we accessed it. So when we purchased this. It's just a shell of a cabin. In fact, the builder would use uh, the frozen river. Oh. He would work on the cabin uh, in the winter. Interesting. Then he could bring things over by snow, uh, snowmobile and other devices. And when we went to see it, we had to walk across a frozen channel huh. just to get to it. And so uh, we thought, are we crazy? And then we thought, <laughs> well, we don't want neighbors, right? <laughs> this is the price we must pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we found a way to uh, access it by foot. We walked in uh, through snowshoe and cross-country wow. skiing or wow. just walked in. And then in the summer months, um, we, you can swim across. We've had people up <laughs> who use it. And I said, how did you get across? And they said, we just swam. Oh across. my gosh. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think you should do your podcast at this cabin. So we would love oh, that. Jo yeah, don't you should mm -hmm. put out that invite unless you mean it, yeah. Terry, because we'll be there <laughs> yeah. with bells on. With oh. champagne. Yes. And, with champagne. And, <laughs> yes. And I have two friends, uh, who just went up last fall. They they wanted a girls weekend, get away from the kids and everything. And they just loved it. <sighs> yeah. So it's it sounds a little daunting, but if you're used to being outside, those things don't stop you, right? Right, right. right. Um, so, so does that mean you're swimming your supplies over too? If like, I, if we're coming to the cabin, we're like, got our bag on our back or like our, you know, our... Yeah bag of yeah. apples and our six pack of beer and we're 
just trudging over like through the water. That's right. Oh. Right. If you want, if you want to get over there faster, you can swim over, but you can also go back to your car, but you'd have to hike a, a lot longer. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because next to us is 80 acres of uncleared forest. So wow. we own eight acres and then the other 80 acres is owned by someone else, but we're surrounded by forest. Wow. Uh, and, and really you can't drive up by car. You have to, you have to find a way in. So, okay. This sounds, so, so to the average listener, yes. they're thinking, why in the world <laughs> would you do this? You, there's no running water. There's no, you got to probably an outhouse, right? So even in 30 below, you're having to do your business outside. Yeah. You have, how, how do you stay warm? How is there heat? Well, there's all kinds of ways. So um, I call it glorified camping. That's why I started this podcast by talking about my limited camping experience. Sure, yeah. Because it really is like camping and you and you have to bring in your supplies. Now, the difference is over the years, we have finished it off completely. We had help from carpenters who came and put walls in. We uh, found old cabinets from uh, Habitat for Humanity Restore. Uh, my poor husband had to move all of those over in a rowboat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. He, he put these cabinets in a rowboat and he took them one at a time. And then in the winter, we found an old cook stove, uh, you know, like a 1930s big cook cook stove so we brought that up uh in the middle of winter and we we hauled that in by snowmobile wow. so you can keep your cabin warm it because it's a full log you have great heat retention and in the summer you it, it feels as though it's air conditioned you know wow. don't even open your windows because you don't need it it stays cool i mean the our pioneers our early settlers they knew what materials to use uh, to live in the elements, especially northern Minnesota, Wisconsin, right? Yeah. And a full log cabin is really the way to go. Uh, it's it's uh, amazing. The builder uh, was really an artist. He, he did not have that much um, waste, and he didn't do any chinking. If you're familiar with log cabin building, the chinking would always be the extra material you put between each log to keep the wet, uh, the um, the wind out, the elements out. But because these logs are so perfectly formed with each other mm. and cut, there's no need for that extra layer of material. Wow. So, uh, so I would say that in the winter, when you get that stove going uh, for cooking, the house is so hot, you've got the doors open. Oh, my goodness. Really? Really? Yeah. really? And you, yes. And then, again, the heat, you it, there it's retained in the logs, and so you really don't have to think about uh, being too cold. Kerosene, lamp, kerosene heaters, you know, help. Hmm. And sometimes we talk about getting another wood stove, but I, I sometimes they're hard to regulate. They can get really hot. Hmm. So, okay. So I'm just thinking all these people downtown Minneapolis and you're, you know, in corporate America hearing yeah. your story, they're going to oh, think yeah. this woman is <laughs> nuts. 
I would never do this. So tell it like, why go through all this work and all this trouble? Clearly there's a huge reason. Yourself. I was so comfortable. Let me tell you, I working in the kinds of jobs that I've had, I've been pampered, pampered, uh, in work, in, um, meetings, you know, going, I could, I could go out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with everyone because see, when you work in philanthropy, they all want your time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was a challenge to go outside mm-hmm. of my comfort zone and see if I could do this, uh, buy a building, uh, finish the building. And I'm not even handy. Yes. And, uh, I know how to hire people. And, um, and you know, yeah, I've had an outhouse. So what? The outhouse is there for a reason. And mm-hmm. I guess I, I felt like on the weekends, I could live a whole different life. Yeah. And you uh, were. Yes. And having solar power uh, in the first few years, we've had this now 15 years. The first few years, the solar power was great but the batteries dried up. You know, there's a lot of learn, there is a lot to learn about living this lifestyle and it's trial and error. Uh, But if you can just kind of keep going like we have, you kind of learn what works. Um, Over time, we bought a generator. So we're kind of cheating, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're a real cheater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But we, you know, uh, we used to have this on Airbnb for many, many years. So I can tell you both. It's a popular idea for people to be off the grid because I had no problem renting it. That's fantastic. And and nobody had a problem getting there, winter or summer. In Hmm. fact, many times it was booked more in the winter because of the cross-country skiing around the property. But I had the same kind of uh, people like myself, rent it. They were wearing their, you know, fancy clothes from the city. And if they got stuck in the ditch, you know, the surrounding neighbors would help them get out. And then Mm -hmm. they, you know, have to look at the boots they were wearing. (laughs) You know, you got to get ready for the elements. So uh, you can do it. It's not as much of a stretch. It's just that you you have to be ready that it's going to be different. And that's what I wanted. You know, a lot of people go up north, but I always say that just feels like you're going up to a second house. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted a different experience. So what is, we, what's the longest you've stayed up there? Uh, about a week. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, oh, and you also learn to live with so much less and do do things differently. I was an obsessive, uh, I always had to take a shower every morning, right? Because you're going to the office, you got to put your face on, you got to wear your your clothes, got to get it all ready. I learned that I could go for three days without a full shower. (laughs) You know, you would do just bathe, you know, what, what parts you need, especially in the winter. Yeah, because again, you don't have running water, so you don't have a shower, you don't have a bathtub, um, and you tend to heat water and just use that to, you know, spot wash. In the summer, we rigged up an outdoor shower, Hmm. and so we have a solar bag of water that we have in the sun all day, and at night we uh, 
we shower outside with a solar solar shower bag and the water's really hot. I will wow. tell you that. Wow. Terry, yeah. I have the same bag. I got it for Christmas because yeah. I have a shower thing too. Like my thing is I can do these long trips, but I need to, at some point there needs to be some mm-hmm. kind of like shower for me. Don't, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be full, but that shower bag is amazing. It's incredible. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, we were just in New Mexico. Yeah, we were just in New Mexico and it wasn't even warm out. Like it was warm outside, but you just leave it in the sun, heats up, and then you have a warm shower at night when you're like before bed or before dinner or whatever. It's It's heavenly, isn't it? Yes. And And it's like water from like a spigot and sunshine and a bag. Right. And once you start living like that, you realize that your habits even at home change. Mm -hmm. You're not wasting water like you do when you're in a regular situation. So now I pay attention not only to how often do I need to shower, but how much water do I use to wash just dishes? Or do I need to turn the faucet on before I brush my teeth? Maybe I start brushing my teeth and then run the water a little bit. So you, you take all these experiences home and I hope that they become your, your new habits. Well, so I would love to, yeah, dive into that a little bit more, you know, so what would you say, you know, when you're out there for a week, what does it do to you? And I, I don't want this to sound corny, but like spiritually, like what, what, what is the impact of nature, Jody and I always talk about it. it's like the it's like fuel for the soul. Yes, um, yes. How, how does it transform you as a human being when you're out there in nature? It, it you you have to slow down. It teaches you how to be calm. It it gives mm-hmm. you a serenity it uh, that you're always striving for and you don't ever feel. But in nature, everything around you that energy is is so pure. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what time of year, if you're outside in the summer, in the morning, and you hear the birds yeah. and you follow the rhythm of nature, it settles yeah. you down. And once you start to feel that you can recreate that wherever you are, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big, you know, yoga practitioner. Um, and I meditate, my husband does as well. I mean, we feel, we feel off kilter if we haven't done some of this for our internal health or, you know, our inner, um, just quiet the brain, quiet the mind. Um, but I have to believe some of this all came from living up off the grid because we, we didn't, we didn't have a TV to turn on. We had to think about what we were going to do for the day. And we really didn't have anything planned. I mean, you just want to kind of go with the rhythm yeah. of nature. I so, that. I have yeah. a question too about, I mean, spirituality is so important, but we're also, I mean, I know through this pandemic, we've all been with our partners a lot, but in our homes and things like that. I'm just wondering what it does for a relationship with a partner to be someplace different or someplace where you do feel some spiritual grounding. Um, what is, what is that like? Well, the energy is unbelievable. Now, You have to remember, divide it into two. There's the energy of just relaxing together, but then there's the challenge 
of having to do things differently together. It's not all peaceful. But you work toward that. You do. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's challenging. I mean, exa- here's a great example. I wanted to turn on the solar power at night when it was dark so I could read or or have some light because it, it gets really dark up there. And my husband was like, ah, oh, we don't need to. So we do have a ton of candles. Thank God for Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. They're the best. Agreed. Oh, agreed. We don't even turn on the lights at night because the glow of the candles. Oh, is so beautiful. That yeah. sounds amazing. In fact, we have a candle chandelier in the main <gasps> I've always wanted one of those. Yeah, it's just one of those IKEA candle. <sighs> yep. And that illuminates the space in ways that you just can't mm. comprehend with regular light. I have this vision of you, and I don't even know what your husband looks like, but you're oh, and your husband. Oh, do you want like, me to tell you? Meditating <laughs> and like using really long matches to light candles. <laughs> yeah. And eating like really great cheese and bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm, oh, my yeah. husband would, if you were on this podcast right now, he'd blow my cover. <laughs> I will tell you who. You know, uh, my husband's 100% Norwegian. So I think it's in He's American Norwegian. But um, if you want to imagine him, uh, are you watching Atlantic Crossing on PBS? I am not. No, but we will not. I'm going to write it down. I'm writing it down right now. Yeah, me too. Well, you'll you'll see in the very first minute what, what he looks like. Because I've had many friends tell me already, have you seen the Atlantic crossing that looks just like your husband? Yeah, he's a he's a very uh, just what you'd expect a Norwegian to look like. (laughs) Outdoorsy, (laughs) handsome as all get out, but the kindest person ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he's a social worker. And so for him, it's really nice to have a break like the cabin. Yeah, because. His work is really, I think, so difficult um, having to work with people who have such, you know, we all, we're all fortunate. We, we are on, what is the hierarchy? You know, our needs are met, mm-hmm. you know, so going back to the cabin, it's a, it's a reminder how little you really do need yeah. to survive. And I, I like to challenge myself sometimes to see how little garbage I can create too. Mm-hmm. One time I got it all into one cup the whole weekend. Wow. That's oh my gosh. We had. Yes. That's another, just like water. You start to examine your, your habits and how much garbage you create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Terry, okay. It, this sounds like a tip that's about to come about the garbage and the, so I'm, I'm dying to know how you do that. So we're going to, we're going to take a really quick break. Okay. And we come back. Terry's going to tell us how she manages to produce that little garbage. And then also her top tip. We'll be right back. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. 
going to get to your top tip in a second, but how do you do the garbage thing? How does well, that happen? It, well, I'm a big believer in always having your own bags, right? When you go to the store, you always have your right. own bags. Let's start there. Then what I choose to eat, especially if I'm going up north, I'm going to consume it that weekend. So I don't have any waste. And if I do have some waste, let's say I have bananas, I'll bring those peels home to compost. Okay. So when I talk about garbage, I'm talking about what's going to go into landfill. Okay. And my goal is to have, I'm a big believer in recycling, but I'm a bigger believer in upcycling. Mm -hmm. Think about how much garbage you're going to produce before you even buy the, the items you're going to take with you. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how, how you can have fun kind of trying to have a game with yourself. How I little are you going to bring home? Yeah. Right. So that's, that's how I do it. I think of upcycling first. That's really interesting because I also, it, it seems to me that a lot of people, when they go on outdoor adventures, that's when you're going and buying all the packaged crap. Yeah. Like, you know, like it seems oh. like counterintuitive, you know, really but that's point, what Joy. we tend to do. You know, like we mm-hmm. go camping and then we're like, hit the store and buy all of these things that come in their own containers. Yeah. And we need a bag to stick this in and, you know, whatever. But I love what you're saying that we should really look at. So the, the kind of activities we're doing lend themselves very well to being thoughtful about our impact on the environment. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, the, the cabin itself, I have it outfitted with as many, um, plates and utensils as possible. But once in a while, I do tend to, for ease of keeping the kitchen clean, uh, if I don't feel like washing dishes, because again, uh, I don't have water, right? It's not readily available. So what I tend to do is I repurpose my wine glass. Mm-hmm. Don't have to wash it every night. <laughs> no, you I don't. I love that. <laughs> Repurposing your wine yeah. glass. I yeah. love, I'm going to use that every day. I'm not going to wash this. I'm just going to repurpose this. And and so I try not to uh, have even too many dishes. And I try to keep all the dishes to one washing at the end of the weekend Hmm. or at the end of certain periods. I think you get obsessed with, I have to do it every day. I have to do this. See, it forces you living this way really forces you to think differently. You wire your brain a little differently. Yeah. Terry, you're also taking away all this like stupid busyness that we create for ourselves. Yeah. Also, like this constant need to be cleaning and doing no. this. Like, I mean, and like, and I love too because it sounds like your cabin isn't like maybe Linenized parents' cabins, which are places where you are working on projects all the time. And there's right. grass to mow, and there's this and that, and then you need to run to town and get gas for the boat, and then you need. I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. a very. It can be a yeah. very stressful place to actually go. Right. And I, it, I have to say it took me time to unwind and disengage to that level that I now, now I can say I do it. But in the beginning, I was obsessed. I would make gourmet meals. I would have pots and pans to wash constantly. And then I just started thinking about everything differently. Even mowing the yard now isn't, uh, we don't really mow. We we let the wildflowers grow. Oh, I love and that. Once we started letting, oh yes, in the beginning, I tried to tame the area around our cabin and put in perennials. You can't, 
you're not up there. Even if you were there, you have to let nature do its thing. And yeah. once nature, once we let it go, I was blown away by the amount of wildflowers we have growing on our property. Mm. Plants that I hadn't seen except in books or maybe over at Eloise Butler Garden, you know, mm. where that's, yeah. that's really what we should try and all get back to. So we don't, we don't try and tame the land up there. I love that. Uh, that gets back to uh, that whole idea of how do you embrace it? Um, you know, another thing we have a, a plywood floor, you know, just the base base floor. And we do have some lovely rugs on the floor, but I said, I really don't even want to put a real floor down because I want to be able to walk in my cabin in the winter in my, if I still have my oh. snowshoes on, I won't yeah. worry about nicking things. Right. Yeah. 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 It's not about perfection. It's about embracing. Oh, I love that. Nature has to teach you. Um, and, and so we've learned along the way. I, I was just trying to think of some other examples. Uh, and I'm sure I'll come up with them. But yeah, it's been a whole whole different ad adventure. So us. Terry, we are, so I am learning so much listening to you. So I'm dying to know. So top tip for, for our listeners what is, what is it? The one thing that you would tell people if they're looking to kind of emulate what it is that you do. <laughs> okay. I let go, let, let go. go of your preconceived idea of yourself. Let go of expectations you have for yourself or others have of you. Let it be, let go. And when I say let go, the reason I brought that, that example up about gardening was even trying to tame nature wasn't working. And when I let go and let the flowers, let the grasses grow, I was just blown away by the gift I received when I could experience it. Oh, I just and got goosebumps. I, what a beautiful metaphor for life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if we would all just not just say those words, but actually live yeah. them. Yeah. I'm learning to live them every day. I'm not perfect. You know, uh, mm -hmm. there, there are many things I get attached to. Um, and, you know, earlier, before we started the podcast, we were just kind of chatting and I said, I had a really busy day. Having an off-grid cabin has taught me to let go of the stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I do surround myself with things that make me happy, artwork, uh, personal items. And I'm not saying my, my cabin's completely rustic. It's, it's quite comfortable, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's got the basic needs that you have to have. And then you let go. Oh, Terry, I love that so much. Thank you so much yeah, for being you, here. I can't thank you enough for this has just been a wonderful conversation. Well, it's been fun. And sometime I do hope to come back on because I'd love to tell you stories about my work in the community. Yes. Opening up opportunities for inner city kids to enjoy camping and outdoor experiences yes. on their own. Well, you can come back anytime. Yeah. yeah. Come next week. <laughs> Yeah, can we just all hang out? That's yeah. What to yeah. yeah. Get some champagne. <laughs> yeah. Champagne for sure. <laughs> Good. All yeah, right. well, Terry, thank you so much again. This has been lovely. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Terry.
Who's your outdoor hero? We want to meet them. Share your outdoor enthusiasts and evangelists with us at wedothisforfun.com.